The last time my very good tag team partner, Jinx Strange, was on the show, we talked in very general terms about Demolition, the face-painted goobers that captured his imagination as a lad. We breezed past them in our excitement to talk about Arn Anderson and his dumpy excellence, but man, Demolition is definitely worth talking about. They were massive guys, well over six feet and close to 300 pounds each, who wore demonic face paint and walked to the ring decked out in studded leather harnesses. They looked like they wandered off the set of a Mad Max film. Also, they were a pretty blatant ripoff of another, more famous team that did almost everything that they did first and better. Their manager was a bootleg odd job, complete with a bowler hat. Simply put, nothing about Demolition should have worked, but it did, and we're going to do our best to figure out why. We're going to examine the time that Demolition did battle with a team of ripoffs, despite originally being ripoffs themselves. Today, on I Hate Wrestling, it's Demolition versus the Powers of Pain, Recursive Rumble. that I wanted this show to do <laughs> okay so I've, I've actually gone ahead and I have deleted the audio that was imposing itself okay. insisting upon itself even uh, give me some testings okay um, rubber baby buggy bumpers bi-bicky bye bi bo bicky bye bo Vicky Bow Bow. Audio levels look great. Good. I'm not getting any feedback this time, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, I was tricked. I was tricked into using, <laughs> into using Source Connect. Uh, let me just put Source Connect on blast real quick. Okay. Source Connect bills itself as the industry standard in free-to-use audio recording technology. It's, in fact, a dumpster fire. And what's what's on fire in the dumpster is poop garbage. Well, maybe it's not the podcast industry yeah, standard. I, I, maybe it's the toilet industry standard. Oh, God, it's all toilet sounds. <laughs> well, you've got the right software. Yeah. <laughs> This episode is all is just gonna be King of the Hill impressions, top to yep. bottom. Need a neck. It's ripe. Need a neck, Hank. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wish I wish that my show did not depend on SEO to sort of bring people in, mm-hmm. so that I could do things like name an episode "Need to Neck Hank." <laughs> yeah, I know. You, you have to be searchable, but yeah, it, it would just be better sometimes. You know, someday I will... Someday... Oh, shit, my poster's about to fall off the wall. That's a problem. I should uh, <laughs> deal with that right quick. Excuse me, everybody yep. out there in Radio Land. Did you just dip out for poster repair? <laughs> Is that what just happened? Yeah, well... <laughs> We're dealing, I don't know, God. This my is... mom's going to be so mad if my poster comes down. 
This is great radio. This is great radio. No, listen. Uh, here, here on the East Coast, the city where I live is currently flooding. It's a major problem, which means that the moisture content just sort of in the air is pretty nasty. I've got a, po- I've got a framed poster that is sort of hanging above a framed puzzle that I did. <laughs> and the framed puzzle has actual glass in the frame. So I could see, I, I saw a flash of the poster falling, making contact with that poster, and then having to clean up all that broken glass. <laughs> well, I'm glad you, you jumped up and handled that. Yeah, I was courting danger. <laughs> Your mom would be so mad. <laughs> if there Have were... you? It's glass. You know she listens to the show, right? Oh, Deb. <laughs> Deb, we love you. We have a, a Deb fan club that Matt probably won't tell you about, but it's very real. Well, it's she's, she knows now. Good job, Jinx. We think you're precious, and we love you. <laughs> um, I don't remember anything about my life. Why are we doing this? What are we recording, Jinx? This is, uh, we're doing Demolition. Demolition! That's yes. right. Here comes the axe. Here comes <laughs> nostalgia. Here comes your dad in your mom's <laughs> underwear. <laughs> Demolition is, oh. what did I say earlier today? I texted you that I had come up with a, a good way to put this. Uh, the beloved s uncles of your childhood? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so... We talked. We touched upon uh, demolition in the previous episode that uh-huh. that we did, where we talked about Arn Anderson and Ric Flair. And I think what you said about demolition was you like demolition because they made you feel like you could grow up to be a pro wrestler no matter what <laughs> happened to your body. Yes. <laughs> and I do want to talk about uh, demolition and their sort of singular physiques. Oh sure. But. Let's, uh, let's just uh, step back a little bit and give everybody a little bit of context. What, how the fuck would you explain demolition to a lay person? Well, <clears throat> am I 10 or am I 39 when I'm doing the explaining? Because okay. there are two very different demolitions. <laughs> okay, so give me, give me a taste of 10-year-old demolition. Okay, these guys were badass. All right, they were huge. <laughs> They wore all this leather and spikes and uh, gnarly makeup, and they just sneered and leered and snarled, and they were just these big, just maniac dudes that just manhandled people, and it was it was great. It was everything you want when you're 10 and watching pro wrestling. Okay, so now, in the harsh light of 39-year-old-ness, how would you describe demolition? Well... They look like a couple of bears who, who have gone to a, a kiss convention and knocked back a few too many and are looking for a fight. A fight or a fuck or both. Both. Yeah. Just something real greasy and awful. This is about to go down. Like in hindsight. Like, something, oh, greasy and, something greasy and awful is about to go down on something else greasy and awful. <laughs> Yeah, so looking at them now, it's like, oh shit, that's that's a bondage harness. Yes. Like, like if they pulled out a sex swing and straps a dude into it, and just like 
fucked him for 10 minutes. That'd be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. To- I saw that coming. That was telegraphed the minute they walked out here. In those well, weird little black panties. That was Sorry, yeah. Tito Santana. You couldn't plan for that. This is only going to go one way. <laughs> so, uh... So yeah, Demolition, they kind of look like, you know, they were extras who were cut from a Mad Max movie for being too out of shape. <laughs> yeah, they look they look like two trussed up uh, baked potatoes that <laughs> <laughs> somebody put little spikes on as like a joke. And, you know, like if you had a, like a BDSM uh Mr. Potato Head. Right. That's basically what Axe would look like. <laughs> if that's Axe, then what is Smash? Mrs. Potato Head. Smash, to me, is like every redneck dad in Georgia. Every, like, every like shitty stepdad. <laughs> he just has that look where he's just like, kind of just like a mean, menthol-smoking asshole. Just, yeah, you know, you know like, what I think oh, it is? I think the what? important thing is the mustache. Yes, Where, it's just like a total Randy mustache. Just yeah, like. it's a real Randy mustache, and it's under the face paint a la Cesar Romero as the Joker. <laughs> I know, why not just shave it off? You're on television, for God's sake. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what? I ain't shaving off my mustache. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. That's what gets me all this pussy. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> that is my trademark. Bitchy bye, Bo. <laughs> They honestly, they are, they're built like fucking Bill Dotrieve. Yes. And they're, <laughs> even in their athletic primes, when you were so impressed with them as a boy, their, uh-huh. their bulldozer days are clearly behind them. Right. <laughs> I know. They were like, never fit as far as I can tell. Like they well, just showed up one day. Well, see, by the time they they became demolition. They had already been through some previous lives. Axe was the masked superstar. Ah, uh, okay. And, uh, and smash was crusher Khrushchev in the NWA who was part of the sort of Soviet contingent alongside Ivan Koloff and, uh, Nikita Koloff. Was he actually Russian or was he just like some Derek? Nope stepdad from north carolina pretending to be russian from minnesota minnesota okay minnesota i i want to say he went to the same high school as ravishing rick rude and uh kurt henning mr perfect wow (laughs) (laughs) super unlikely high (laughs) robin episode of venture brothers where like all of the uh bad guys go to the same college well holy shit there's a lot of sergeant hatred to these guys too huh Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where was that enthusiasm when I wanted to try that? <laughs> Little corn niblets. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's not an association I really want to make with demolition at this age, but... So we, we, we've talked a little <laughs> bit about their, their, their visual aesthetic. They're, they're these, these big, beefy, not necessarily muscular, but just sort of imposingly large guys. They, they wrestle in like these leather trunks with harnesses attached to the trunks. Yes. They wear these, uh, like spiked executioners hoods on top of that. When they walk to the ring, they have spiky chaps that they wear and their theme song. Do you remember their theme song? No. 
through themes. It was just like it's demolition. Like it was. Yeah. Here comes the axe, and here comes the smasher. It's demolition, the walking disaster. It sounded like a Fox News like promo break music. <laughs> it's what. <laughs> it's what fucking Alex Jones hears when he's alone, <laughs> and what he sees when he closes his eyes. I'm sure. <laughs> so I guess what I'm wondering, you probably have more insight into this than I would. Please. Um, because you you have also I don't, I'll tip I'll tip the hand of this episode a little bit you have seen these gentlemen live I have I actually have a, a very 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 short anecdote about doing that okay. um, that we can we can broach but um, when planning this okay if you were putting these characters together in 2018 right who, who are you sitting across the the desk from would look at you and go okay that is uh, a very <laughs> intensely gay leather daddy theme. <laughs> is that what you're really going for? <laughs> and presumably you would workshop the idea from there. Um, what, what were they doing? Where did this come from in 1980? Whatever. Like, were, were they flipping through like old, like fetish magazines from the sixties getting ideas for costumes? Like where did this Okay. How, do you have any idea where this came from? Absolutely, I do. And that's kind of the hook of this episode. Uh, I, I decided to call this episode Recursive Rumble. Okay. Because it's all about how this match is this bizarre sort of confluence of ripoffs and bootleggery. <laughs> so... I made the reference to the the Mad Max films mm-hmm. and the first Mad Max film uh, or sorry, the second Mad Max film is the road warrior, which obviously inspired the road warriors, right? Who are sort of the original version of demolition. They were yeah. based in the South were actually muscular guys mm-hmm. and demolition was sort of WWE's version of the road warriors. So, the Road Warriors are taking their sort of S&M elements directly from the Mad Max franchise. Right. And Demolition is just cribbing from them. So, I think by the time it filters down to Demolition, they've kind of lost sight of what they're actually ripping <laughs> off. Because there's an extra sort of layer there. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's why you have these big, beefy, bearish guys... And despite the visual package that you're getting, when they're cutting promos, they're like, we're going to kick your butt. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) and they're like, we're going to kick your teeth down your throat. And it's not like they're not mentioning the smegma crazies or the other. (laughs) God, I can't remember all the other weird, uh, like gay barbarian gangs in the, in the Mad Max franchise of which there are several. But yeah, you have you have Mad Max, which begets the Road Warriors. The Road Warriors beget Demolition, and okay. then Demolition begets the Powers of Pain, who are knockoffs of knockoffs of a pro wrestling adaptation of a thing. <laughs> god damn. It it's just <laughs> my god, it's full of stars. Yeah. And then we have to we have to consider Mr. Fuji, 
who is Demolition's manager uh-huh. and who later turns on them to join forces with the powers of pain. And he is a ripoff of Oddjob. Who's a henchman. <laughs> Who's right? a henchman. <laughs> it's wild. So before we, before we dive too deeply into the rivalry at hand, we've discussed Demolition. You have an anecdote about Demolition because you, you uh, young strange, were at <laughs> WrestleMania five. I was, um, and my anecdote, however, uh, is from a house show. Okay. Um, back in Georgia. And, uh, it, I don't remember anything else about the card. I just remember that demolition was on it and that was what I was super excited about. And we had, really, that's really what you want. Seats. That's we're, what you want when you're 10 years old. Well, yeah. And we were, we were maybe two or three rows back. We were really close. Um, and I remember that there was this little old lady in front of us who just shot birds at everybody <laughs> who walked past. Like every wrestler that came out, she had to be like 90 years old. Just these two skeletal middle fingers the whole time. <laughs> and my dad just like casting furtive glances at me to see if I noticed, which of course I fucking noticed. <laughs> that was, vulgar old woman. Just that was Stone Cold Steve business. Austin's mom. And so Demolition comes out and I like have kind of wormed my way to uh, – near the front i'm like very visible and they they come out and i'm just it's too much their their theme songs going they climb up on the ring and i'm just going ape shit i'm like jumping and screaming <laughs> i'm going ooh, 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 ooh. you know just going nuts and smash turns around and he spots me and he points at me and he goes ooh, 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 like right back at me and i just lost it i was like that was just too much i was like i lost my shit at right there um that was like the highlight of my youth problem, my adolescence. Um, but that's it. That's all it is. Smash noticed me one time and hooted back at me. That's, that's my big demolition so, story. So my question, my question to you, sir, yes. is your parents were concerned that you would see a lady flipping double birds at demolition. Were they, uh-huh. were they unconcerned about demolition? <laughs> I don't think my dad really got any of that like he probably was just like there's some big old dudes pb like he was he was just like super into it i guess i i kind of get the same feeling about demolition themselves right because you never got the feeling that demolition was aware of what they looked like no that's what's so weird to me and like also (laughs) like i want to know if like the the bondage came first if it's like okay here's a leather harness but you need something else and somebody was like well, do you like kiss? Or, <laughs> I love the, they, It's all they, an like, accident. Like, they're like, so what do you, what do you guys like? What are you into? What are your, what are your interests? And he's like, I like kiss. <laughs> and he's like, okay, kiss. Yeah, we can go with that. Uh, maybe we could sex that up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that this was all an accident that, because I mean, it was the eighties. There was a lot of leather. There were a lot of spikes. <laughs> There was a lot of, uh, <laughs> not altogether. No, no, like not altogether, but you could see how maybe they wouldn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of like, it's, it's like disparate parts of all these different cultures that they didn't really realize was so slutty when they put it together. <laughs> right. But then it super was. It's like chaps. Chaps are cool. Cowboys like chaps. Bikers <laughs> like chaps. Okay, chaps. Chaps are in. 
right. Uh, harnesses. Okay, harnesses are not unknown in wrestling, right? Yeah. What about a, uh, what about He Man? The kids love He Man. He wears a harness. Yeah, that's exactly what this like with a big ring in the middle. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like okay, kiss. We got the face paints. paint. Everything else is leather, so those should be leather too, right? Yeah. Hey, you seen that Hellraiser movie? <laughs> Then so they're standing. So you're standing there in this like assembled <laughs> leather costume. And you're like, still need something. And then you hear like, what about a Japanese guy? <laughs> God, this is like somebody's fetish snuff film that came to life. There was somebody. There was somebody in the marketing department who lived his dream. It's just his perfect fantasy came to life, and Axe and Smash sort of unwittingly played along with it. Like, did Vince McMahon get caught with a male prostitute, like for the pitch meeting? So they like come in, they're like, and he's like bent over a desk in his harness, like it's a kind of weird sex basket with like a executioner's hood on, and they're like, Jesus Christ, Vince, and he's like, It's research. He's like, This is your costume. This is, this is what, this is a concept fitting, you dumbasses. <laughs> you fu- you guy, like, Philistines. Slide, of horse cock out of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephen, we're done here. You pack that up and uh, okay. So, uh, what are your measurements, guys? <laughs> you like kiss? <laughs> God damn it. Okay. So. We gotta talk. We've gotta talk about Mr. Fuji. We gotta talk about the Fuji. Okay. And because I want to talk a little bit about the wrestling manager as a whole because I've talked about Bobby Heenan a few times, but mm-hmm. never really, uh, never really dug into the concept of the pro wrestling manager. Oh my God! I just realized that I made a joke about three feet of horse cock and Vince McMahon's ass on a podcast your mother listens to. Deb, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off, Matt. I'm just that just really stank in my blood run cold. I am so sorry. Okay, you're a Go bad ahead. influence. Go ahead, buddy. She's I'm not so gonna sorry. let me hang out with you anymore. Dab, I'm sorry. <laughs> Message me if you want to talk about it. Okay. All right. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> Mr. Fuji. All right. So we got to talk about the wrestling manager. We got to talk about their role, what they're there for. <laughs> Mr. Fuji, I will say this, is not exactly a sterling representation of the breed. Not really. Uh, I, when we were talking about this before, I was sort of looking up his, uh, his accolades, and I learned that he was voted by readers of the Wrestling Observer Worst Manager of the Year for, like, <laughs> every year between 1985 and 1995. Good God. Which is rough in a in a field that contains such luminaries as Slick and Brother Love, uh huh, Colonel Tom Parker and ah. Uh. But they all did stuff. They all had a shtick. Like Fuji's only thing was that, like, haha, I'm not odd job, and just yell. <laughs> well, <laughs> and not really do anything that I, I could ever tell well mr fuji okay so mr fuji's real name was harry fujiwara he was an ethnically japanese man who was born in hawaii as far as i could tell lived his whole life in the united states i don't know that he spoke japanese or ever went to japan (laughs) but 
Mr. Fuji started wrestling in the 50s. So, oh, so obviously, 10 years after World War II, if you look Japanese at all, you're fucking <laughs> Japanese forever. Right. And you do a, cl- a clothesline called the Kamikaze Crash. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you could tell that he was not, like, actually culturally Japanese because he had, like, these <laughs> big sailor tattoos on his arms. Right. <laughs> Which is, like, verboten in Japanese culture unless you're in the Yakuza. <laughs> Right. Which I'm pretty sure he wasn't. And his Japanese accent was terrible. Well, like, I feel like his teams would have done better if he were in the Yakuza. Yes. Because he would just, he would kill somebody with poison instead of throwing salt in their face. Right. <laughs> because that was Mr. Fuji's big go-to move was, well, he had a cane. It was pocket sand. <laughs> pocket, pocket salt. Sha-sha-sha. <laughs> So, Mr. Fuji would come out to the ring dressed as Odd Job in a little suit with a cane with a bowler hat. And he, in his pocket, he kept a little bag of quote unquote ceremonial salt, like sumo salt, which he would need to purify the wrestling ring. <laughs> and somehow would always wind up throwing this salt in his opponent's eyes. Right. Um, but was clearly an American person. Like, his. Japanese accent was atrocious. His version of a Japanese accent was just like putting 13 marbles in his mouth. <laughs> Watching his promos and stuff like that, that's all I see. You know, like the, the other managers, like Bobby's just doing his thing. Uh, Jimmy Hart's just being loud. Mouth you know? of the South, baby! <laughs> yeah, and Mr. Fuji's, all of his energy goes in trying to sound Japanese. <laughs> and failing. To the point that he can't focus on anything else. And he's just like, you should have paid attention to Master Fuji. Like, I, you didn't listen to me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you Eli Wallach? What is this accent? <laughs> but I think there's a, certain, there's a certain amount of charm. There's a certain amount of charm associated with, with, with Mr. Fuji. Do you remember Fuji Vice? No. Okay. Well, you remember Don Morocco. Oh, sure. Oh, so Don Morocco was one of Mr. Fuji's clients, and they sort of did some uh, some parody videos and parody shows and things like that, one of which was Fuji Vice. Oh, no. And it was, obviously, Miami Vice was hot, and it was Don Morocco, you know, in his sort of pastel blazer, and Mr. Fuji not in anything other than his normal Mr. Fuji attire. <laughs> And there, Don Morocco is trying his hardest to sort of uh, ham hand his way through this dialogue, and Mr. Fuji is just standing next to him, looking like directly at the camera, <laughs> saying like, "I think maybe there be drugs involved in the uh, in this in this one, Don." Like, <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. There's just a certain amount of wink and a nod with Mr. Fuji. Like, listen, sure. we know this is bad, but just fucking. Because by the time he was a manager, he had he was you know kind of a bona fide legend. He had been around for 20, 30 years, and in fact, he had been an extremely successful tag team wrestler. Mr. Fuji was a tag team champion several times over with uh, Professor Toru Tanaka and uh, Mr. Saito. And they were managed by uh, another one of the great managers of all time, Captain Lou Albano. Mm-hmm. 
you know, in the early days was a very successful tag team guy. This would be like if today you managed to score Arn Anderson as the manager of your tag team. Like it was a, it was a pretty big deal. Right. So he got paired with Demolition. I'm not sure exactly why, but he started wearing a little bit of face paint around the eyes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, teamed up with, with Demolition successfully. He, he led Demolition to uh, to the tag team titles at, uh, I want to say, WrestleMania four. They defeated Strike Force. You remember Strike Force? Mm-hmm. Rick Martel and, and Tito Santana. Um, who, and how would you describe those young toughs? <clears throat> to me, they kind of, I remember them just as like kind of generic wrestlers from the day, just fit and tan and athletic kind of. So the opposite of demolition. Yeah. They were kind of, they kind of had like a heartthrobs vibe yeah. to them. They were like tiger beat type. Mm-hmm. Types, you know, Rick Martel and then Tito Santana were relatively handsome. I mean, they weren't particularly horse faced, I guess I should say. <laughs> and they had they had like matching windbreakers. Yes. And uh, you know that was that was their thing. And the spirit of the day, right? And uh, they they came up short against Demolition when I want to say Axe broke Mr. Fuji's cane over. Tito Santana's dome at WrestleMania four and they captured the tag team championships. And for a long time, uh, demolitions year long reign of 400 days or something like that was one of the longest. It was the longest tag team championship reign of all time. I did not know that part of this, part of the initial success of demolition was Mr. Fuji. And at some point there was a disagreement between Mr. Fuji and Axe and smash and he decided that they did not appreciate him or his contributions to the team. And he decided that he was going to get himself a new team to prove that he was the key to their success. So he went and got a younger, bigger, stronger team in the powers of pain. Now, what do you remember about the P.O.P.? <laughs> um, I remember them just being like very big kind of Vikingish dudes. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I really I don't remember too much about them, but in in hindsight that makes sense. Um, since as you said, they were kind of a knockoff of a knockoff of a knockoff. Right. They didn't have a whole lot going on. But yeah, I I definitely remember uh, the Road Warriors. Definitely remember Demolition, and I kind of vaguely remember uh, Powers of Pain. Not not quite as vividly. Right. There are plenty of other like big beefy face paint guys. <laughs> were even less notable than Warlord and Barbarian. But, sure. but they are certainly, if Demolition is a step below the Road Warriors, the Powers of Pain are definitely a step below Demolition also. They didn't have, they didn't have the star power that Demolition had somehow. Like, we've been ragging on Demolition a lot, but they did somehow capture the imagination of a lot of 10-year-olds, yourself oh, included. Yeah, dude. Like, they were amazing and i still see them in that enchanted light a little bit even though now i kind of see them in a different context but um but there's still those two towering giants to me yeah and even though warlord and barbarian are bigger and probably stronger they don't quite seem to measure up to demolition and that might be 
that might be all right because in this particular match, they have Mr. Fuji on their side. The worst manager of the year. <laughs> the worst manager of the year. So a knockoff of a knockoff of a knockoff of a knockoff <laughs> teamed up with a knockoff of a character from a 1963 movie <laughs> who is bad enough at his job voted the worst at his job for like, like 10 years running. <laughs> right, lifetime achievement of bad managing. Aren't you excited to watch it? <laughs> I am. The, one more thing I wanted to say about Demolition, though, yes. and their, to their credit, is that they were just shit kickers. Yes. They got in the ring and they kicked the shit out of people, which was great. That's why that's what you paid for your ticket for. And I do remember that. I remember them just being a couple, just, just tough, big bastards. They weren't that beefy. They weren't that fine and muscular like some of the... Uh, guys in in their day they were just tough yeah now that's an interesting thing too because i did i did think about this is that at this point wwe was known for being like the muscle promotion the steroid promotion right and down south people had more realistic physiques because you had your rick flairs and your arn andersons even the very big muscular guys were like sting you know some of the few guys with that really big bodybuilder physique in the NWA were the road warriors mm-hmm. and WWE couldn't get them. So somehow their solution was to get a couple of big fat slobs to <laughs> be their knockoff road warriors. So I don't know if this was Vince McMahon sort of shitting on the concept of the road warriors and getting these guys who didn't look like a million bucks but figuring out he could slap a variant of the gimmick on it and you know, just put his marketing machine behind it and outsell the Road Warriors. He came that close. That does sound like Vince McMahon. Yeah. And in retrospect, yeah, Demolition doesn't quite measure up to the, to the legacy of the Road Warriors, but they came damn close. Oh, yeah. They had a, they had a real good run. They did have a real good run. And unfortunately, <laughs> they, they kind of got dropped like a sack of potatoes once... WWE threw enough money at the real Road Warriors to bring them in finally. Right. And they 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 had the the uh, the Road Warriors versus Demolition feud that was very one-sided and the Road Warriors kind of ran them out of town. Yep. I remember that. Which is sort of an uh, a sad ending. To... And they deserved better. They really did. Because for they For what they put in. Yeah, for what they put in for for making this work and for carrying that banner when the you know they were going to be the WWE's version of the of the Road Warriors. They were going to be that tag team, and right. it kind of kind of kind of stings to see them, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> to see them sort of shuffled away once the the real deal came through. I know, yeah, that sucks. That also sounds like Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. But that's what happened in real life, and here we are a couple of years before that, where that same thing is sort of happening in storyline where the real guys in demolition are being challenged by the knockoffs in the powers of pain Mm -hmm. along with Mr. Fuji. Um, did you have any thoughts about the homework by the way that I sent you, which was the sort of, uh, this weird shoulder to shoulder promo of (laughs) Mr. Fuji and, Oh my God, I couldn't tell you a single thing that anyone in that promo said <laughs> well i can tell you one thing which is the road which is the warlord saying that they were going to train by carrying mr fuji around on their backs <laughs> 10 miles 10 miles a day with mr fuji on their back like yoda yes what the f- 
push-ups. Like right. that, you, that's not good exercise no, ethic you're, at all. You're gonna die. You're gonna you're gonna have a horrible no muscular degeneration. No wonder he's the worst manager of the year. That's <laughs> terrible advice. Yeah, he's like, they're like, well, Mr. Fuji, what should we do? He's like, first of all, close all the windows. No <laughs> ventilation for you. <laughs> Drink lots of salt water. Like. <laughs> Maybe that's why demolition was in such questionable shape. <laughs> they didn't want to. He's like, they didn't want to listen to me anymore. Well, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> like he's cooking them the worst fucking meals. Like, there's a house show somewhere where Smash just like shits himself half to death during the match of dysentery. Because, <laughs> because Mr. Fuji has been giving them pond water to drink. <laughs> hospitalized with listeria like we're not gonna listen to you anymore oh i'll show you <laughs> so i'm gonna go ahead and uh, uh everybody uh watch if you want to watch along with us this is uh and maybe you do maybe you don't it's it's honestly not a good match um but it's 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 fun we're we're, we're gonna have some fun come come play with us in this space it's gonna be sexy. It's gonna you be. Like kiss? It's gonna be so sexy. <laughs> ready when you are. I I am so ready. Okay. Here we go. Okay, so this is uh, this is Trump Plaza. Boo! That's I am a- here. I am. I am in this crowd somewhere. <laughs> you're, you're in this crowd. You're the yes. you're the small child jumping up and down, going hoo, 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 yes. hoo, as if you're here to visit Arsenio Hall. Oh, so here's uh, here's Mr. Fuji, kind of looking surprisingly fit. Ah, he's he's. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, he's kind of he's he's kind of got a, a, a he's a, got a dad bod, obviously, but he's a oh, sure. he's he's but in the, about as good shape as I am. Well, we're thirty years past his. His heyday, yeah. Yeah, so that makes some sense. Now, uh, Barb Barbarian is the one in the fur vest, and okay. uh, Warlord is the one with the bedazzled belt. <laughs> Did you catch that? It's like it like says War underscore Lord. Oh, great! <laughs> it's like his aim handle. <laughs> okay, and here comes. Here comes. Here yep. comes the axe, and here comes the smasher. Mm-hmm. And you gotta love these people just like slapping them on the shoulder. They're gonna get tetanus. I no, they're like like a slap in a cactus. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of pounds of uh, rivets and spikes there. Yeah. So That's how they stay in shape? Boy, they don't j- run with Mister Fuji on their back anymore. <laughs> boy. And people just can't get enough of these guys. George H.W. Bush's America loves these Cenobites for some reason. <laughs> and Mr. Fuji's sort of smiling at them. And here we go. We got Axe and Smash in the ring. And nothing about their body language betrays that they know there's something weird about this. No. no They're just like, we look badass. <laughs> It's it's the most obvious thing, but do you think someone has pointed out 
How do you think they reacted when somebody pointed this out to them, assuming someone has? Oh, just that their their look is just super gay, s- super gay and and saucy. <laughs> I, probably just like no, no. Like, <laughs> I mean, Smash is probably just like oh hell no, I got so much pussy back in 1986. <laughs> oh goddamn, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Matt's mom. I'm gonna. Tr- I'll try to clean it up. Okay. For the rest of the match here. So they're. So they're. They're. Oh, there's Mr. Fuji with his ceremonial salt. Got to purify oh, this. Man. Yeah, look at that. He's such. That's such bullshit. He didn't. He didn't even bow all the way. He's like, yeah, that's. Like, yeah, that's what they do in Japan, big time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just just a little bit of a. A little bit of sort of differentiation here. We're starting with Warlord. Warlord is the white member of the Powers of Pain and Barbarian is the uh, the Tongan fella on the ring apron. This is uh-huh. Axe in there with uh, with Barbarian. Sort of the two larger members starting off against each other. Just purely visually, I would immediately call this for Powers. Yeah. He's very clearly the, the physical superior of Axe at this point. Warlord's like shoulder is as big as uh, Axe's head, but here's Axe just beating the shit out of him right yep. there. And here we go. The sort of yep. signature move of demolition is the, yep. the stereo old man punches. <laughs> and then roar a little. Yeah, and then roar a little, and we've, we've, got, a, we've got a quick Flower, tag. Yeah. And to be fair, they're working, a good, they're working a good tag team strategy here. Frequent tags. Sure. You know, you want to isolate your opponent in one corner and just and here we go, some more punches. Boy, I hope you like clubbing forearms because that is the primary <laughs> offensive maneuver of all of the combatants in this match. <laughs> and another yeah. another quick tag, and again he's he's down on De- the he's down on the ground. Demolition really looks professional in this match. They're really keeping up uh, a good pace, and they're really keeping the heat on Warlord here. So even if you wanted to say that this dude is just so much larger. Uh, these guys are experienced and they're super tough, and that's that's this is I would say what made Demolition great right here. Yep, and the and the tandem work here. Uh, mm-hmm. Technically, there's nothing illegal about that. After you make a after you make a tag, you have five seconds where both of you can be in the ring, and uh, oh, and Warlord picks oh. up picks up Smash, drives him into the corner, and makes the tag to Barbarian. So at definitely going to change up the momentum here. Yep. And uh, throws him back into the corner. Whipped into the post there. Yep, but Smash uh, is fighting his way out. Yep. Yeah, you kind of expect Demolition to really just be brutes. And, you know, when you're 10, I guess they really seem to be. But here, I'm I'm just seeing a couple of uh, veterans that know how to wrestle uh, work in the ring. Yeah. A couple bigger guys. Yeah, they're not... That was a big difference between Demolition and teams like the Road Warriors. They're, they're less brute strength, and they are more wrestlers. You know, they're, yeah, not, they're not real technicians in, the, right. in, in that sense. They're not a couple of Bob Backlunds in there, but they but are... Like that right there, that was, that was really clever. Like, uh, Smash right there just had the momentum going in his favor. He could have peacocked for a minute or, you know, taken a minute to kind of whale on him but he's scooted uh back over and tagged axe in yeah it's uh it's it's kind of arn anderson right that sort of workman-like 
it reminds me of that. Even though their moves aren't that sophisticated, they're brutal and efficient, and they're keeping them going. Like they're they're, they're not giving these guys a, a break at all. Right. They're they're controlling the ring. They're they're wrestling a smart match, and they are you know controlling the space. They're being ring generals, so to speak. Yeah, and they're not even worn out at this point. They don't look like they're really even sweating too much yet. Yep. Now there was a, a cheap shot there. Barbarian yep. caught him in the face, and now. They try to do a uh, demolition style uh, double team, and, and that's tw- that's twice that's backfired. <laughs> yeah, they like just instantly. <laughs> yep they they just can't seem to build any momentum against the more experienced team here, and I love oh, <laughs> and Axe finally makes a mistake in that went he Fuji. went after Mister Fuji, and forgot about the two much larger, much stronger men. And look, Mr. Fuji just casually stepping on his throat on the oh, ring yeah. apron. Oh, yeah. Gaining no leverage whatsoever <laughs> on that display. Yep, there we go. And now uh, Warlord showing him how it's done, really driving sure. that, that boot into the yes. throat. And at this point, it seems like... Oh, and now we've tagged in Mr. Fuji. Oh, who... no. Oh, <laughs> Fuji chop. Yeah, Fuji <laughs> chop. Yep. And Oh yeah. Yep, look at this authentic karate. Just Ken Corn Karn. <laughs> <laughs> it's glory. <laughs> but to his credit, Smash sold that. Like He really did. He Ash was or, or Axe, sorry, was just laying on the ground and he took that goofy looking uh headbutt from Fuji and Okay, there we go. A, a leaping forearm from Barbarian looked sure. a little bit more imposing but smash on the outside really made it seem like he was worried about his uh his partner taking Ooh, <laughs> that was a nasty kick that was oh my god <laughs> uh barbarian actually was kind of a legitimate badass he he trained alongside uh haku who's legendarily one of the great tough guys in the history of pro wrestling well uh were one or both of these guys actually russian i want to say no, uh, the warlord is American and uh, barbarian was from the island of Tonga. Oh, okay. Yep, just like just like Haku grew up with Haku and uh, was trained as one of the bodyguards of the king of Tonga. Went overseas, uh, learned uh, sumo in Japan. Really interesting backstory. Whoa. Uh, he's uh, somebody. Sorry, I, I cut out there for a second. That's okay. There's I a, think we're caught back up. Yeah, there's a. Kind of a legendary, uh, a legendary story. Somebody asked about uh, Haku. Was he really as tough as every as everybody said? Here comes Mr. Fuji off the top rope. Oh, and misses a drop kick, or uh, sorry, uh, a leg drop. <laughs> yeah, he looked like he was just kind of sliding into third. With that. Yeah. Some yep. mat burn right there. Ow. Yep, and now uh, the old crawling tag. Yep, but uh, it looks like. Uh, Warlord cut him off at the pass, yep. but somebody asked uh, if you know if all back in the day, if all the old school tough guys had a had a fight, and now finally uh, Smash is is tagged back in. If all the old school tough guys had a fight with each other, uh, what would happen? And they said uh, Haku would kill everybody, and Barbarian would would live. <laughs> <laughs> he would be the only one left alive at the end. Whoa. Yeah, so so Smash Whoa. is coming in like a house of fire. He's like uh, he's hulking up here. Well, he's, he's he didn't look strong enough to pull off those body slams, but he just 
hoisted those big dudes up. Yeah, he's a he's a strong guy. He's a deceptively. I mean, he's the smallest guy in this match, but he's still a very large guy. He's six, six three, something like that. Yeah, a lot of strength. Oh, wow. <laughs> Barbarian <laughs> broke up that pin with a very legitimate looking kick to the temple. <laughs> Sometimes those Tongan fellows forget that wrestling isn't real. <laughs> it's just all... And here's Mr. Fuji with his pocket sand, Uh-oh. pocket salt. There's oh, and he catches... Pocket salt! <laughs> he throws the salt, accidentally hits his own guy, and he is the legal man stuck in the ring alone. Oh, boy. And he's been set up here for the demolition decapitation... and takes that double-team elbow drop, and it's one, two, three, and as Jim Ross would say, count to 20, this one's over. Yes, sir. You know what? Uh, I had the Mattel um, demolition wrestling figures, of course. Oh, the ones where you squeeze their legs and they do the, like they move their arms up and down, that kind of business? Yeah, and uh, the Axe figure had these... um, he had like a body slam kind of, or like an overhead slam kind of sure. move. Uh-huh. And to support the other figures, he had these giant, like big spread, huge hands. <laughs> like, big. And seeing him pin down Fuji just now, I realized they are not that exaggerated. No, he's got some big meat hooks on him. Dinner plate hands just. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you got to love the, these two guys. They share that little hug, mm-hmm. having having defeated their their old mentor, and uh, left all their bondage gear in the ring. <laughs> right, they bequeathed it to them. Oh no, are you getting a video of Hulk Hogan now? What is this? Uh, oh no, mine mine cut out. Okay, uh, the next video in my queue is is Hulk Hogan giving some type of interview, presumably about showing somebody's wife a real good time at medieval times. <laughs> The orange night, brother. You gonna finish your mutton? <laughs> that was fun. That was a lot of fun watching those guys wrestle again. Yeah, and it's so, uh, you know, I said it wasn't at the beginning. I said it wasn't a great match, and I mean, I'll say this. It's probably the worst match that I've shown on the show so far. But it wasn't a bad match by any stretch. It, it did what it needed to do. It told the story it needed to tell, which was that Mr. Fuji had too much confidence in himself as the driving force behind Demolition. And just because he could get some younger, stronger guys to follow his lead doesn't mean that he's the, he's the X Factor that made right. Demolition great. He might have added something to the team, but they were great without him. And uh, he needed them more than they needed him, ultimately. Yeah, and that's a great, that's a good story. Yeah, it's a simple story, and uh, you know, you have, and now you can move forward with a whole bunch of other stories, because you have Demolition now as babyfaces, which they hadn't been before. And right. you have Mr. Fuji with his new team, and, and they can they can menace... Anybody, yeah. literally anybody. Yeah, literally anybody. And ultimately, I think the powers of pain wound up splitting up, and the warlords started wearing antlers. <laughs> Good times. So when I saw this was a um, 
a three on two. Yes. Or oh, I thought it was going to be a three a, a three person on one side, uh-huh. and I kind of thought for a minute I couldn't remember um, from at the time if that was before the third demolitionist crush came out jostle was it crush it was crush okay yeah no yeah so this is pre-crush presumably yeah this is pre-crush crush came along in demolition's second championship reign okay and what had happened was that axe uh was a couple of years older than smash and by that point, his, uh, you know, he'd been wrestling for a long time and his body was starting to break down. Sure. So what they did was they added Crush to the team to sort of give him a break and give his body time to heal. Yeah. And also, you know, introduce, uh, introduce a new guy to fans. And, uh, mm-hmm. and ultimately, Crush outlasted Demolition. Uh, and he became... <laughs> <laughs> he became Kona Crush, <laughs> where who was just uh, he was really into into it. The guy who played Crush was this guy named Brian Adams, not, <laughs> not the Brian Adams you're thinking of. But Brian Adams was legit from Hawaii, just like just like Mr. Fuji, and uh, they decided when when Demolition finally broke up and was no more the character that they decided to go with for Crush was Kona Crush, where they just really leaned into his Hawaiian heritage. <laughs> oh, no. So he would just be like, you make a fun of me, bro? <laughs> like, you like to make a kid's cry, bro? Nah, bro. That's no good, bro. <laughs> and like, God. just like a sun-kissed mullet <laughs> and a, a bright, like, day-glow orange singlet Yep, and Crush eventually, uh, in the in the late 90s, uh, started a racist biker gang oh. <laughs> gimmick. I don't know if he was really a racist oh, biker like in real life. Real? Yeah, that they were the, the DOA, the Disciples of Apocalypse. Oh. <laughs> um, and along with, well, he was Crush, he kept his name Crush, and he joined up with... Uh, uh, Ron and Don Harris, who I'm pretty sure are actual neo-Nazis, uh, who were Skull and Eight Ball. Oh, you know, real biker types. And, Watch uh, out for those Harris brothers. <laughs> yeah, the Harris brothers. So that was Brian Adams. And also there was a, a Brian Clark, who was basically the same guy. Just another sort of tall, bearded guy with a mullet. And they later wound up going to WCW, and they became a tag team known as Chronic. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And they were just, like, two big dudes, like, bootleg undertakers who just loved weed. (laughs) I don't know. That actually sounds not so bad. (laughs) I identify with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next time we'll watch a Chronic match. Well, do you think... I'm really surprised that Crush's gang didn't bring up the uh, the bondage gear more often. <laughs> that seems like something they would latch on to. <laughs> well, that's just a different a different part of the Mad Max sort of uh, milieu. That's what he would say too, probably. 
<laughs> no, we did it that already. It was, the, it was the 80s, right? It's the 90s now. Now it's Everybody all. Was- Everybody's wearing sex clothes. <laughs> it's the 90s. It's all about wrestling in jeans and having white guy braids. Yep. The Hardy Boys. <laughs> the Hardy Brothers. <laughs> Watch out for those Hardy Brothers. Okay, I gotta go. My leather uh, suit is really starting to sweat here. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. We have to do the wrap up. We have to do the wrap up right quick. Air out my chaps. (laughs) God damn it. Okay, this has been another episode of I Hate Wrestling. I want to thank my guest Jinx Strange. I want to thank. uh, I want to thank uh, my good friend Kryn Dodenhoff for the use of my logo. I want to thank the. I want to thank the Novas for my theme song, The Crusher. Um, the Crusher. The Crusher. Go to visit visit me. Visit me on the on the internet, everybody. More more so than you're doing right now at ihw ihwpod.com. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, go to my go to my shop on the website. Buy some shirts. Uh, I don't have any chaps yet. Maybe I'll make some chaps. Wear some <laughs> I hate wrestling chaps, and then you'll love wrestling. Um, I got buttons. I got uh, I got hats. I got ties. I got I got band bandanas. I got stickers. I'm sure there's other stuff too. The mugs. There's mugs. There's mugs now. Did I say to subscribe? I don't think you did. Subscribe, motherfuckers. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Chicks, <laughs> what's your what's your wrestling character this week? Oh, um, should we go in the same? Uh, let's let's keep it thematic. Yes. Um, my wrestling persona this week is going to be Mr. Breathplay. <laughs> Sorry, mom. And, uh, no, oh, god damn. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, turn it off. Just pause it for a minute. <sighs> sorry. Sorry, Matt's mom. All right, I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs> Turkish prison? (laughs) This is definitely a movie about gladiators. (laughs)